0: All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys. You guys good today? All right. I can tell it's no, there's nothing sadder than when you have the perfectly mixed cup of coffee with the, just the right amount of every ingredient and then you spill it. i tell you what, that is just demonic right there. That's just the enemy. It's good to see you guys. Uh, how you guys appreciate our worship team? Amen. Thankful for them. Well, we've been in this series clickbait. I uh, started a couple weeks ago. We started off with talking about the clickbait of fear, talking about these things. Uh, we're, we're all aware of these things in our daily lives. When we're online, when we're on social media, these, these different phrases and, and posts that as you're just going through and checking out what's happening in people's lives and everything, they'll, they'll put these things on there, these phrases that'll get you wondering, like, what does this mean? And so you'll click over, and before you know it, you're completely taken off track, and you're distracted, and away from what you were originally doing, looking at all these other things, and how that can happen in our lives in relation to our walk and our purpose in God, where we'll be doing the things that God's asked us to do. We'll be in life and live in life, but then something will happen that'll draw our attention, we'll click over and get away from what God has for us, away from his plan, away from his purpose, and, and uh, before we know we're distracted and not accomplishing what he has for us. And so the first week we talked, we talked about fear. The second week we heard a great message from Pastor Rick about how clickbait will try to take you away from his dream, away from the vision that God has for your life. Uh, and today I'm going to talk about a subject, and I want to let you know like, there are certain subjects around our church that when I talk about them, I know right away that there is a chance that there's going to be some people that are going to be offended. Uh, There's a few subjects on on that, that line. And the subject I'm actually talking about this morning is offense, being offended. And today we're going to be taking communion as a family. I love doing that. Uh, I have found that whenever we're doing some of these types of things, whenever there's a message that I know is important for us to hear and for us to apply in our lives, when there's a message like that and then we're taking communion and this week we're going into a week of prayer and worship as we kick off this semester, when all those different things are coming together, I know the enemy gets really, really upset and really bothered. And so uh, there's, there's a lot I could talk about around that. But some of you, if you're a newer believer or not a believer at all, I don't want to confuse you or, 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 or weird you out. But I just know that the enemy, if there is a God, there is an enemy and he hates us. And he hates when we're getting ready to do something for him. And so I, I've been able to tell this week, just as in, in prayer and as we've had our team praying, I've been feeling like, man, this is going to be a really good weekend because the enemy is really working hard to try to get us distracted and discouraged. And the, the only thing that I'm gonna ask you to do in, in all that is just simply this, understand that he would love for you to shut yourself off from what I believe the Spirit of God wants to speak this morning. And so you, I want you just to be really intentional right now in your own hearts and in your own minds just to say, you know what? No matter what is said this morning, I wanna be open to what the Spirit of God needs to speak to me so that I can be the person he's called me to be. Will you do that for me? I just wanna pray that he'll do that for us. Father God, we thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, you're the great counselor. You're the great helper, and we need you desperately. And Father God, as I speak, I pray that it wouldn't be me speaking at all. It would just be you. It would be you communicating to your sons and daughters on this subject of offense. And I pray that you would settle every person's heart down, every person's mind down as we get ready to talk about this this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you noticed that a lot of the clickbait that you'll see online, that, it's, that if you do click over, it's always typically pretty much a letdown? Like, it's never as great as they're trying to make it sound like it's going to be. When you see these things, like, if you click on this, it's just going to change your life. But it's usually not as great, like, like, things like this. Like, 11 ways you look younger in 11 or less minutes. But then you click on it, it's like, hold your face back stay in dark rooms, like stuff like that. Like, like, yeah, that's really helpful. Thanks. There's one uh, little post that said, two moonshiners killed Bigfoot. Proof he is real. There's a couple things about that. First of all, I wanted to see if they actually got Bigfoot, but then I was like, moonshiners? Like, it seems like they would be out of work these days. Like, Because you can just drive down the street pretty much and buy liquor anywhere. But apparently moonshiners, and then have you noticed pirates are around still? So moonshiners and pirates are making a comeback. I don't know what that's all about. But then there wasn't even a picture. You click on the thing, there's not even a picture. There's just like this article of these two moonshiners supposedly killing Bigfoot. Some other things that you can see out there. Like five places Tupac, Tupac was spotted in 2018. Look, I don't know what happened, but he gone, okay? It, it, he gone. It, so we don't need to keep, like, uh, you all right, let's just move on. Seven ways to know your cat has demons. You really only need one. It's alive. That is it. I made that last one up, but it was... What I've noticed about God's word is it's like the anti-clickbait a lot of times. In other words, even Jesus, when he would speak, he wasn't saying stuff that people necessarily wanted to click on. It wasn't stuff that people were like, "Man, that's, man, I, that's so exciting and amazing, and I can't wait to click on that." Because he would say stuff like, "If there was a." a marketing agent around Jesus that was trying to help him make decisions about the things that he would say and how it would affect his ability to be effective in what he was trying to do, he would probably be coming to Jesus like, hey, Jesus, you can't really say that if your eye causes you to sin that you should pluck it out. Like, can we reword that somehow so it's not quite so offensive? Because that's a little too Aggressive. And here's another one, and it's about the topic for today in Matthew 5, But I say unto you, love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. I mean, my goodness. Like if you saw like the first few phrases of that verse on a little post. For a clickbait, you probably, you're like, oh, I'm gonna move on. I don't wanna know more about that. How can you pray for those who hate you, curse you, despitefully use you, do good to them? It's like, no, man, you bow up, you go get them. But that's not what the word says. Why are the toughest statements that Jesus would communicate were around the topic of being offended? I think it's because He loves you, and he knows that if you are living offended, it will destroy your soul. It'll destroy your purpose. There's really two stages of offense, and, and, and all of us have options around these two stages. The first stage is this: the feeling of offense. The feeling of offense. Okay, so if today uh, I would have come on stage with a Nike hat on, with a Make America Great Again t-shirt, and uh, you know, w- wearing Nike shoes, packing heat, and drinking Starbucks, I guarantee you people would have some offense. Because the rules are complicated these days. I mean, it's, you, you walk on a lot of eggshells when it comes to offending people. But being offended, if if you look at what the Bible says about it, what is being offended? The definition, when someone did something that made you feel overlooked, insulted, violated, taken advantage of, to be hurt intentionally or unintentionally, it makes you feel offended. And here's the bottom line. All of us have felt offense. All of us have felt offended But we do have a choice because what offense is like, it's like somebody came across the room from your work, from your neighborhood, from your family, from someone around you. And they delivered this big old glass of offense. And when they bring that to you, man, you're studying that thing. You're like, man, I can't believe they brought that to me. I mean, oh my goodness. I mean and you'll even bring other friends around. Hey, come and look at this. Come and look. Will you look at what they brought? Can you believe this? So you are feeling this offense that has been brought into your life. Can't believe they did that. And it's straight up, it's not even on the rocks. It's just it's just a fence. And when you're in that place, it could be that it was a teacher that brought a glass of offense into your life because they just don't realize how brilliant your child is and how gifted they are. And may, they may be headbutting kids at school, but they are a sweetheart at home or some coach that just doesn't realize that your seven-year-old is destined to be a professional athlete someday. Or church. Because the pastor couldn't remember your name. Or somebody walked a little too fast past you and didn't recognize the need that you had in that moment. Or... You had to walk across gravel in your high heels. That is offensive. And all the high heel ladies show up to church early, they <laughs> so don't have to walk through gravel. And so you have this glass of offense and you look at it, you examine it, bring it up in conversation with other people. The question is, do I drink the offense? Do, do I take it? Somebody brought it to me, but, but now what do I do? And stage two is that, the choice to live or not live offended the choice to live or not live, offended. I've found that people that live offended, they compare their offense to other people's offense. And so I could be on stage right now and I could share about an offense that has happened in my life. The problem is some of you will be like, well, your offense is nothing compared to my offense. And now you're offended at my offense. And you're thinking about how Offensive it is that I'm not sensitive to the fact that your offense was much worse than my offense and that I should be offended at the fact that you're offended at my offense. (laughs) This stuff gets really complicated. Because I've had family members that'll come in, and when and when people are living in offense, in, in offense, especially in marriage, woo, when you have a husband and wife that are living in a place of offense, man, it, it's tricky. Because they'll start going back and forth. Will you lie to me? Will you yell at me? And will you, well, you abuse me? Well, you shot a gun at me. You threw scissors at me. You hate me. You said I'm stupid. And one of them's little, well shooting at me is way worse than lying. They got a point. I mean, there is a. But the problem is, both of them, there's no way they're going to be open to any kind of healing because they feel like they have the right to be offended. And they're holding that. So let's just agree that you've been hurt. Okay. Let's just, I agree. You've been hurt. But what's worse than that is living as a hurt, broken victim as your wounds consume you. What's way worse than the hurt is when you drink the poison of offense because of your hurt. By the way, that's really tough to be around too. It's tough to be your friend. It's tough to be married to you. It's tough to be related to you. It's tough to work with you. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough because it feels like it's just a daily setup to be another person that has offended you. It's a tough place to live. So, Jesus gave him Peter this parable because Peter was trying to show, up, show off to Jesus about his ability to forgive. So, he comes to Jesus, like, Hey, Jesus, how many times should I forgive somebody if they sinned against me? Up to seven times? Look at me. I'm awesome because the law was forgive three times. So, he added one and tacked on three more. So, so Peter's trying to, to brag and be boastful about this. And Jesus, is like, Okay, once again, Peter, you don't really get, you're not getting this. So he tells this parable of this man who had a debt to a king of $12 million, equivalent to $12 million. And he comes before this king and he begs him and he He's like, please forgive me. Will you forgive me of this debt, please? I'll do anything, just forgive me of this debt. And so the king says, you got it. I forgive you this debt. I forgive you $12 million dollars. And that man who was just forgiven a $12 million debt walks right out of that place and sees somebody that owes him $12. Owes him $12 and goes over to him and begins to choke the man insisting that he paid him back. And then this, the, one, somebody saw this happening and went to the king and said, You wouldn't, be- you wouldn't believe what just happened. So that guy that you just forgave, $12 million, went right out of here, found somebody that owed him $12 and started choking him because Roman law says if somebody owed you money, you could choke him. We might want to bring that one back. I'm just saying, like, that's not a bad idea. Okay. But anyway, so, so, so the king hears about this and he brings him back and he says, you're wicked. You are wicked. You're missing it. And, and, and then Jesus says, I, not, not seven times, but 70 times, seven. And by the way, if you're counting, if you're trying to get to 490, then you've never forgiven at all because you're missing it altogether. So there's this place of us getting to decide whether or not we're going to live in a place of offense or whether or not we're going to forgive like we've been forgiven. And you may be saying this right now. Nothing will make me let go of my resentment and my pain. This message is not for you. But if you're in a place where you're tired of the pain and you're ready for Christ to move, this message is for you. It's for you because when you are offended, it's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 3, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. Okay, so I've heard this verse a lot growing up. And some of you have heard this verse before. And a lot of times we equivocate this to sin, right? Like, man, why are you pointing out the sin in other people's lives? You got, you got a big old plank in your eye. You just a little tiny sin in their eye. And you got this huge thing you're dealing with. But this doesn't just talk about this. The plank in your eye could be a fence. The the, the plank in your eye could be you holding onto a hurt that you refuse to put at the foot of the cross. That could be the thing that is clouding your vision from being able to see things clearly. The choice to not be offended is for a healthy soul and a blessed life. The truth is we all want to drink it. but we have to choose not to. Some take the drink and they like refrigerate it. They hang on to it. It's like their favorite drink in the house, man. It's just like, they go to this all the time. Some things about offense I think might help us today. First of all, offense is certain to come. Offense is certain to come. How do we know that Jesus said it? In Luke 17 one, it says, offense will certainly come. Any questions? (laughs) Jesus told his disciples, many will be offended at you because of me. Now that there's some deep revelation in that statement because Jesus didn't do anything wrong. What hurts even more when you haven't done anything wrong and people are offended. Promises one day, look, you're going to get served straight up poison. It's going to happen. You'll get hit out of somewhere that you don't deserve to get hit. You'll be rejected, insulted, laughed at, looked over, lied about, intentionally hurt, misunderstood, and hated and betrayed. It's going to happen. It's going to happen at home. It's going to happen at work. It's going to happen at church. It's going to happen at school. It's going to happen. All it takes is another human being on the planet. That's all it takes. And there's more than likely, there's going to be offense that comes. There's some easy targets around the topic of offense. Politics, race, gender, guns, people telling you how to raise your kids. There'll be a lot of offense around those subjects. Now, you don't have to look far to find people that are going to be different than you. Look down your row right now. I promise you, there are going to be some different people sitting on your row, sitting in proximity to you. If I said right now, I don't like Donald Trump, some people would be offended. If I said right now, I love Donald Trump, some people would be offended. If I said, I like Nikes better than Adidas, some people would be offended. I saw somebody post that they were going to go and burn all their Nike shoes. Okay, now don't laugh because that person might be sitting right next to you. But I'm just going to try to pastor you here. You have to understand this. You have the shoes, which means you paid for them. Nike has your money. So go ahead and freak out and burn your Nike shoes. Truth is, you're going to want another pair. But instead of that, there are people who can't afford shoes. So if, if it offends you that much, then scrape the Nike stuff off of it and give it to somebody. Because it's not going to hurt Nike. The truth is, it's only hurting you. It's only hurting you. And, And if you're a believer, the truth is, it's only hurting the body of Christ. Because what you're showing is how quickly Christians get offended. Man, that's just not where we can live. That's not what God's called us to do. Offense is certain to come. And the world is yelling, you have the right to be offended. The world is yelling, you have this right. And by the way, you do. You can live offended. You have that right. But the word will tell you Just because you have the right to be offended doesn't mean that there's no cost to being offended. And I find too many people are not weighing the cost. 1 Corinthians 10.23, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Listen, it is permissible for you to drink this. It's permissible. You could do it. But please consider the crazy high price that it will cost you by doing it, by drinking that. If you drink the poison, it hurts you more than what happened to you. Another point, don't ever lose your freedom in Christ. It is a foolish way to live. In America, you have the freedom to speak your mind. And I love that about our nation. It's also a very foolish way for you to live. You have the freedom to speak your mind. But it is a very foolish way to live. Proverbs twenty nine eleven: a fool utters all of his thoughts. Galatians 5, 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. Your freedom is supposed to be used to serve people, not to talk about your offense at them. Because here's the thing freedom can lead to a choice that leads to bondage. Freedom can lead to a choice that leads to, like, an addiction. It's like an addiction. So, I mean, you you could go home today and be like, man, I'm going to have a pint of whiskey. I'm going to drink that down. And then I'm going to get some more. And you can do that because you have the freedom to do that. But it's going to come with some consequences. Like God-awful breath, for one, and and then a whole lot of other things that probably come with it. And you may say, well, I've, I've learned that... If I stick my finger down my throat after I eat, then I can manage my weight. And so I have learned to control my weight by being bulimic. You don't have any control at all. It controls you. It controls you. And, sir, you have the freedom to do a lot of different things. But it it could lead you to bondage. If you choose to do it. Being offended gives the controls of your life to the person who offended you. I've I've had to talk about that with my kids, with my son, Corbin. He he likes video games. And so one time I was just talking about how he was reacting to the kids at his school. And how the kids at his school would do something and he would get offended and mad and angry. And I said, buddy what's one of the reasons why you like playing video games? He's like, because I like to be, I like to control where the guy goes and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And when you allow the people around you to do something that makes you mad or makes you upset, it's like you are handing your remote control to them so they can control you. And that's exactly what offense does. It gives people permission to control you. Galatians 5, one. it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for, Christ, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and don't let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Look, Christians try to hurt Christians sometimes. Man, man I've seen people post stuff on social media about me, about our church. Just lies. Just stuff that's not true. I've seen whole threads on different Facebook pages of people saying stuff about me or about our church, about what we believe, serving a big old glass of offense. And I'll tell you, I want to retaliate. I'm really good with words when I'm mad. And it wouldn't have have helped anything. I had somebody recently, they sent me this post that somebody was accusing us of being a KKK church. (laughs) And when somebody sent that to me, at first glance, (laughs) I just wanted to get a hold of all my brothers and sisters in Christ who are not the same color as me. And send that to them. And just start a war. (laughs) But thankfully the spirit of God had my back in that moment. And I just said, it's not even worth a response. We will let the fruit of who we are speak for itself. We're going to let the fruit of who we are speak for itself. But the truth is, there is some racial tension in our nation it has absolutely no place in the church. Absolutely no place. Pastor Rick spoke a little bit more on this particular subject last night, and I want us to watch this clip for a little bit.
1: I believe because of the racial tension that's in our nation, that the church has an opportunity to be a light like crazy right now. And I just want to let you know that heaven is going to have every different look of every tribe of the world So if you have a racial problem in any way, you are going to hate heaven. Let me me just read this, okay? After this, I looked, and there before me, this is about heaven, it was a great multitude that no one could count. Heaven's going to be amazing. (laughs) And it was from every nation, tribe, which means not everybody there is going to be white or black, or yellow, whatever color people throw out there. People and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. We first started our church for the first year or two. It was like a sea of white people everywhere. And I wanted to... So we're praying, Lord, let your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. Well, I know heaven looks like this, so I'm thinking... A church should look like that if it's possible. Depends on the area you live in. I mean, you only have one race in your city. It's kind of hard to have other races there. But in our areas, we have, you know, variety. It's not as much as I, I would like, but, it, but I love Arkansas. But I remember after about a year, I looked out and I saw a black couple who was at our church. I was just so happy. It was the first time. And so I ran over to them a little too fast. And like in the sea of white faces, I saw them, and I go, I just started talking fast. It's like, I'm so glad you're here. And I I remember telling them, I said, look, I know it could be awkward, but you're an answer to prayer. And we've been praying for heaven to be in the house. We can't look like heaven without you. And they're just looking at me. They would have stayed in our church, but I hugged them way too tight and way too long. Never saw him again. (laughs) If you are a white person, you tend to be a little bit frustrated with another race. Like a black person. Then I hope if you make it to heaven, if you make it to heaven, I'm not getting into theology, but I hope if you do, that God will put you in a house right between two rappers, like, like this music right here playing all the time, this. I hope you have to hear it all day, all day. Lecrae, all day, Lecrae, all day, Lecrae, all day, okay, wait, 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 but if you are a black person and you are prejudiced and somehow you make it to heaven. I hope, first of all, you hope you're in the neighborhood where Lawrence Welk and the Duggar family <laughs> is. And I hope REO Speedwagon is the music that they play all day. This is it. It's so white. This is just so white. You got to hear it all day. All right, why did I do that? Because I know it offended some people. Because we got to get past this, man. We need to laugh more. We need to hug more. You need to sit on a row where people are different than you, uh, from a different political party, think different than you. You need to hang out with people who don't even believe there's a God sometimes. We got to hang out with people different than us. But if we're offended all the time, we're not going to do it.
0: Come on, if you believe that, let's praise the Lord in this place. (laughs) And so I, look, here's the deal. I can relate to so much of what he said. Because we might, we'll have somebody that, that isn't white that'll come into our church. And I have to like constrain myself. Like, I'm playing it cool, like, hey, uh, yeah, that's just cool. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. But inside, I'm just like, this is, it is an answer to prayer. I'll tell you two things that Cody and I didn't like about coming to Cabot initially. Uh, one, it wasn't a college town, and we love college students. And, and we've learned that there's a lot more college students around here than we realized. But the other thing we didn't like was they didn't like that there wasn't other races in Cabot. That drove us crazy. Uh, And by the grace of God, we've been able to to change at least what that looks like within our church. Uh, This is what they say. They say that in your church, you should be representing the percentages of different races that exist in your community. And what I love about our campus is we don't have the same percentages. We have more. And I like that. And I think that's how every church should be. Just so you know, it is my sincere prayer that I wind up with a house between Lecrae and KB. I'm just letting you know that right now. Like, I will, God help me. Whew. Another point, bring your offense to God in prayer. Bring your offense to God in prayer. Ephesians six twelve. For though we are not fighting for, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So there was this this sharpshooter. He's actually a bicathlon. uh, They they do cross-country skiing, and then they shoot at targets. And... uh, it's it's a high endurance sport this guy was favored to win it and he was doing really well way out ahead of everybody and he had one last target as he skied up to this last target one last target and all he had to do was hit the target anywhere on the target that's all he had to do and he was going to win gold and so he pulled up to where the targets were he lined up he took the shot and hit the bullseye and as soon as he hit it the people around gasped because he hit the bullseye he hit the bullseye on the wrong target and lost the goal. And I find that too often we are aiming our attacks at the wrong target. And we are hitting it, <laughs> but we're aiming at the wrong target. Because if you're aiming, aiming your swings at people, it's the wrong target, because the real fight is invisible. The real fight has nothing. I promise you, any fight that you were involved in in your life, it has nothing to do with people. It has everything to do with the enemy trying to destroy unity, trying to destroy your life, trying to get you distracted, trying to get you to drink the poison, trying to get you to get offended and off track and blaming it on people. I get really tired of people picking fights in the wrong place. Instead of picking fights where they can really be won. And that's with the enemy. And I'm telling you, I've been there. I've been drawn into this place. But the problem is, if you think that the fight and the struggle in your life has anything to do with people, when you get into that place, you'll stop praying. You'll stop praying. And I've been there. I've been there when I felt this offense coming on. I felt somebody delivering me a cup of offense. And it was so easy for me to be completely consumed with the people and the group and the person and be overwhelmed with worry and fear and confusion and doubt, and none of those things are from God. But when I made the conscious decision to say, hold on now, Cody, come here. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. This isn't about that group. This isn't about those people. We're gonna fight and win this in the spirit. That's where we have to fight. That's where God wants you. Look, I know some of you have been mistreated. I get it. And I'm not gonna sit up here and pretend like I understand what your hurt has been like because I don't. All of us have it. And I won't talk about mine because you're gonna compare yours and mine and get offended that yours is worse than mine. But I know that there's been prejudice. I know that there's been racism. I know that there's been abuse. I know that all those things have happened, but I just want you to know that if you will take it before your God and if you will plead the blood of Jesus over your life and pray God's blessing over the offender, then it will change your life forever. And you're either going to be consumed with what is temporary, whether that is 20 years or 100 years, or you're going to be ate up with eternity and living for it. Those are the choices you have to make. But it can't happen if you're pointing your attack at people instead of bringing it before God and breaking down the enemy's plan with his word, with truth. The last thing is this. Please remember what Jesus did for you. Just remember what Jesus did for you. I think this is a really good thing to recall when we're getting ready to take communion. That's what communion is about. Communion is about Jesus knowing, being fully God and fully man, knowing that we are going to be at different places in our life where people are going to be bringing stuff to us, and we had to make the we going to have to make the decision. Like, am I going to remember Jesus? Am I going to slow down and remember what Jesus did, what he did, his body that was broken, the the grace of his forgiveness, to the shedding of his blood. Well, I remember it. Bring it to Jesus. Just bring your offense. Jesus was abused. Jesus was offended. He was physically abused, verbally abused, spiritually abused. Remember, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And honestly, even sexually, he was stripped naked and hung in front of people. We'd certainly consider that sexual abuse these days. Jesus understands. He understands. But he never drank it. He never drank it. Why? Because he knew that they needed him. These mean people still need Jesus. These hateful, angry, spiteful people still need Jesus. It's our job to bring it to him. That's our role. That's what he's asked us to do. Look, I love my nation. I love America. I love it. I'm a patriot. But I love the kingdom of God infinitely more. And we have to get some perspective. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If you're here today and you know that you are carrying offense, it's caused bitterness in your life. The truth is you've drank it. You've drank it. Maybe you drank it at one point and it still has a grip, or you've just continued to drink it. It's become a steady diet in your life. So much sore that you look for, you're something that is easy for you to see. If you're in that place and you're just ready to to bring it before God in prayer and remember what Jesus did and allow healing and allow forgiveness to come in, this doesn't mean trust. It doesn't mean if someone hurts you, you have to go back and trust them. That would be foolish. But God has called us to walk in a place of being unoffended. If you're here today and you've been carrying that, I just want to pray for you. That's you just slip your hand up. I'm carrying a fence. I'm carrying a fence. You can leave those hands up, leave them up. Father God, I just pray for every person that's raising their hand right now. You are so good, God. You're so gracious and you love them. And the reason why, God, you don't want them to be carrying this is because it's destroying their spirit. It's destroying their soul. It's distracting them, God, away from being able to do everything that you've called them to do. But more importantly, God, it's distracting them from even being able to approach you with a glad and sincere heart, God, to just be able to experience your grace. Because, God, we know we can't give or we can't get what we're not giving, we can't receive what we're not willing to give. So God, I thank you for your grace. And right now, God, we just confess that we need your forgiveness. We confess that we forgive. God, even if it means confessing it and speaking it specifically over individuals, God, I pray that they would speak those names right now and forgive and release them in the name of Jesus, that they wouldn't carry this anymore. You can put your hands down. If you're here today and you're away from God, you've never given your life to him, You've never surrendered your life to Him. The Word says, if you will believe in your heart that Jesus is Son, is the Son of God. If you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you can be saved. If you're here today and you've never confessed that, you've never surrendered your life to Him, and you know right now you are away from God, I want to give you a chance to find relationship with your heavenly father today. And if that's you, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I'm gonna ask you to be bold enough to put your hand up right now. And as soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. Anybody in this place got it there at the back. Thank you so much for being bold. Anybody else? I need a relationship with Jesus. Okay, anybody else? All right. Father God, I thank you for those couple of people that raise their hand right now. I pray that you would meet with them. I thank you, God, as they come before you. And all you have to do is just confess your sin and say, God, I know that I've messed up. I've sinned and I confess that I'm a sinner, but I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. And I come before you today and I repent and I make you my Lord and I make you my Savior. And I want to live for you and according to your plan and purpose for the rest of my life. Thank you, God, for giving me a new life in you. Thank you, God, for doing that. And I would encourage every person that just made that decision to go public with that decision as soon as you can. The best way to do that is through water baptism. You'll have a chance to do that in a couple weeks, but tell somebody, tell somebody, as soon as this service is over, tell somebody that you've given your life to Jesus. Father God, I thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy and how you forgive. God, we offend you daily. We offend you daily. Because you're a holy God, but you never are offended at us. You're never offended at us. Thank you for that. God, help us to be a reflection of that kind of love and grace. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you guys don't mind, let's all stand together.